0: This program was previously recorded. The following program is a paid presentation. The views and or opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of KWAM. Jim Shoemaker and Terry Hurt are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis.
1: Listen to you move your mouth, I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, I on the
2: bluff, I
1: swear I can't get enough.
0: Welcome to Talk Money, and now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and
2: welcome to Talk Money, where we talk about everything financial. We're here trying to help you make the most of your money. Well, it's Valentine's Week, and I mean, you know, we celebrate it the entire week. I mean, you know, you take the 14th and say, okay, that's Valentine's Day, but reality is whether it's that Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, we seem to just be celebrating it all the time. How many people do you know that have financial issues? That's today's program that create problems in their marriage. Why did you know that money is the number one cause for divorce? Rob Clement and Terry are here today to help us understand what to do when money... Is a problem in your marriage? We're going to find out that women actually have more power than you think. From our did you know Did you know files, Americans will spend an estimated 4.7 billion dollars on jewelry for Valentine's Day. It's flowers, it's 2.2 billion. Candy, 1.8 billion. We actually spend on Valentine's Day it's roughly about 20 billion dollars that's up about 2 billion about a billion from last year so hey just uh A lot of money we spend, uh, you know, trying to get back in our good graces, guys. Think about it. You know, it's the way we do it. I've already done all mine, and I'm sure you're doing yours. By the way, February the 8th was fall off the wagon day. Now, you know, that kind of gets your attention a little bit. When uptick, and here's what happens. The uptick in visits to fast food joints meets the downturn in visits to To the gyms, that's fall off the wagon day. February the 8th, thought that you might like to know that. The Society of Actuaries have come up with some ideas that think, you know, it's kind of important. Here's one that says 33% of pre-retired homeowners are concerned about having too much housing debt, such as mortgage, refinancing, and home equity loans, 33%. That's one out of three. The Census Bureau has recently come up with some interesting data. 50% of the U.S. population lives in only 143 counties in the United States, just 4.6% of our nation of the whole 3,142 counties. That's uh, just literally, think about it, 4.6% of our nation lives in uh, the other 3,142 counties. 50% in 143 counties. Coming up, we're going to be talking with Terry Hurt and Rob Clement. Marriage, money, and relationships. How does it all work out? Well, I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're going to be talking about all those subjects and how you put it together in a marriage. It's Valentine's Week. Thank you for listening with us. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money
1: podcasts of talk money are available in the itunes store just search shoemaker financial we'll be right back with more talk money after this
3: dave what are you doing just sending a gift to dave 2037 who me in the future i save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to dave 2037 so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram doberman something cool like that i think dave 2037 deserves it he worked hard. What are you getting Steve 2037? I guess I was thinking Steve 2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots.
4: You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org.
3: Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants
0: and the Ad Council. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested.
1: And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, you know, it is the week for Valentine's. We are so glad that everybody's already done all their flowers, their gift cards, greeting cards, candy. You know, we spend $1.8 billion on candy. Flowers, $2 billion. Clothing, $1.9 billion. We send out 180 million Valentine's Day cards. That's exchanged between spouses or significant others, boyfriends, girlfriends, all that. 180 million. That's a lot of, you know, and actually the average number of roses produced for Valentine's Day, 198 million roses. I did my thing, bought the yellow roses, made sure they're properly established and set up and everything's right. And. That's what you do during this uh, time of the year. It's because we need to make sure we're connecting. It's a great way of saying, hey, I love you, and uh, it's a, sometimes uh, a fairy tale. Let me introduce my guest. and I, uh, We're going to talk about money and marriage, and it's just a great topic when we're celebrating Valentine's Week. And so, Terry Hurt, welcome to the program.
5: Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day.
2: Happy Valentine's Day. And uh, Rob Clement?
6: Thank you, and happy Valentine's Thank Day. Thank you, sir. Well,
2: guys, let me let me start with you, Terry. I mean, you know, the, the whole idea behind, you know, we talk about money and marriage, and so many times you get these people that, uh, well, let's just look at the reality. I had two daughters, and, and they, you know, they go through this process of the romance and all those things to find the guy that they want to marry, and I have to approve it. You know, he's the prince in shining armor. He comes out, and he looks good. And, you know, it's the attractive guy, the attractive, you know, filthy rich guy, all those things happen and when you put all that together, they don't realize that they're gonna to have to work at this marriage relationship, that it's not just something that's perfect when it starts. I mean, it may be perfect when it starts, but about two days later you can see there's some some problems there. So believing that in reality love conquers all, how do you help with your working with your clients, help them understand that it's not always the case?
5: Well, the biggest challenge that I have is trying to get women involved in the process uh, you know in a very conventional marriage and I think traditionally men are really the head of the financial matters in the household and trying to get women to open Pandora's box and get more involved in the process has been a challenge
2: do you find that maybe that's this romanticism that starts with this you know the honeymoon and then we talk about well the First year, they're still on their honeymoon. Do you think that's just because... That when do they wake up and realize that it takes a lot more than just loving someone to successfully manage finances in a couple? How do you, how do you encourage them to, to get to that reality?
5: Well, sometimes it just takes a practical event for a reality to click in, in that, you know, too much spending, too much shopping... Uh, husband brings home a brand new car and nobody talked about that Uh, you know that creates some kind of conflict or awareness that they, they may need to get
2: more involved. May be more involved. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I noticed the way you said it. Rob, did you notice how she said it, that the husband brings yep. home the new car? I, I mean, uh, do you think maybe she's got something in mind that maybe we need to address, that
6: husbands do the big items? I've heard that from somebody in this room before that, <laughs> uh, uh, hey, it's the big items that I spend on and not necessarily, and most men are that way. They are going for the big things, the boats. The, uh, you know, you name it, they're going for those big things. So uh, I I like the idea of uh, teaching folks that not only to survive, but to thrive in their marriage, and particularly when it comes to the area of finance and uh, and working with them to understand that there's going to be a natural survival. Someone's going to feel like they're not a part of their financial overall picture. It may be that one of the spouses is a stay-at-home spouse, and so the other one feels like he or she is bringing home the bread. So it's it's that early learning to survive, but to teach them that you will thrive mm-hmm. if you just stick with the plan that we share with them.
2: Okay, well, let's talk about this, Terry, because that Rob's got a good point, and you mentioned the big items and things. How do you how do you encourage couples to? What do you say, if they're going to work together, I mean, no communication, you talk about that, communicate, communicate, communicate. Sometimes that's probably the hardest thing to do with some couples when it comes to money.
5: Absolutely. Everybody has a preconceived idea, based on their experiences growing up, how money should be managed in the household. If they grew up in a household where no one ever planned for their future, then it's likely that you are working with somebody who really doesn't have uh, any kind of value system built around planning for their future. But I believe what happens is, there, is not, there isn't one formula that works for everybody. And so I think it's important for the couple to figure out what's important to them and devise a plan that works for them. You know, for example, to me, it was important for me to have my own checkbook. Mm-hmm. And although it's silly because everything is ours, it was important enough for me to have my own spending money separate from the family purse. Hmm. And so that works for us.
2: So now when you talk about that, let's make sure we kind of uh, outline this, because I want those of you listening to get some insight into this, because as I said at the monologue part, the reality is marriage uh, marriage goes through a lot, of, a lot of trouble, and it's a lot of times finances, money is the number one cause of uh, dysfunction sometimes in a marriage, and, and really results in a divorce. And it's, it's terrible. And we do have this belief system that, well, love is going to take care of everything. But what we're saying is that in order to have a peaceful relationship when it comes to money, you need to share, have some shared values, be able to communicate Appreciate that there is diversity, as you said, Terry, that you had your own checkbook. My wife has her own checkbook. I have no threat about that. It's not that I'm not in control. That's not the point here. It's just simply finding out what those different viewpoints are early on. And Rob, you said it very clearly. In order to not only thrive, not only survive, but to thrive by communicating and finding out what they have as far as common ground. So let's make sure that we understand: love doesn't conquer all, but it sure is a good start. But make sure that you're communicating. Number one, make sure that you're looking and understanding the diverse viewpoints of families that you know two two different people bring to the table, and then have the ability to find the common ground, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard to imagine that you don't think alike, be sure you're communicating and working through that. What about the couple that one of the spouses, Terry, I'm going to ask you this question, who just doesn't talk about money. They just absolutely, their background, whatever it was that was in their history, they just don't want to talk about money.
5: Well, that presents a problem as well, because if you look at statistics, whether we like it or not, women are going to outlive men. And if women women typically are the ones that don't want to talk about money, it's it's like Pandora's box. But eventually they will have to deal with managing their finances because statistically speaking, their spouses are going to die first. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's extremely important in a relationship for there to be a mutual level of respect, regardless if someone is a breadwinner or not. Uh, Because the person who is a breadwinner would only be able to do that job successfully having a supportive spouse at home that allows them to freely go to work, work late hours, travel while the family and the home are being taken care of, whether that's a male or a female. And so having that mutual respect where not falling into the trap of he or she who makes the gold makes the rules. I mean, it's a partnership, and it really has to be addressed that way. And so I feel like most times when when spouses do not want to talk about it and there's a silence, it's because of this underlying attitude that they don't really have a voice.
2: You know, we've discovered in our practices, too, as we talk about this, that that's really generational. That can actually be something that's taken place that was what they saw, it's what their parents saw, right. and all of a sudden you just don't talk about it. And 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 we kind of encourage to kind of break that generational problem right. that's been passed down by generation that you don't you're the lady, don't say anything. And we know that doesn't work. I right. mean, you said it, they are actually living longer. They've always lived longer. And we find that a lot of times in working with a couple. You know, I've got couples that have been with me for many, many years, and all of a sudden the, the man, the, the male, passes away, and we're working with a lady. And, and you know, fortunately, we've prepared them for that event where one of them would pass away. But we have a lot of people referred to us, and Rob, I'm going to ask you this question. We've had a lot of people referred to us that they do not Know how to balance a checkbook. They've been given this uh, large sum of money, and nobody prepared them. Rob, I know you do this in your practice a lot. Talk about how do you break that silence, and and why is that so important? When you see people, you know this is what was occurring in their practice, in their marriage. Yeah, in their that's marriage.
6: That is a real common area that we do see. And and one of the things in uh, being able to uh, bring that out is it's all about questions. Uh, it's uh, it's the how do you feel about this? Tell me about it. Why do you think you might feel this way? And usually the questions when I'm in the room with a couple is that we're directing it toward one individual, and then we'll direct it toward the other individual. So each person has an opportunity to share his or her own thoughts about the how, when, where, and whys about money. And uh, and, and sometimes, uh, as Terry mentioned, uh, you do have one that doesn't want to talk at that point, and that's where our responsibility, that's when we really earn our keep, is being able to uncover those emotions that are deep-seated in, in an individuals. So, and
2: move it, move them into
6: that process. Well, you're with. establishing a trust relationship, and, and you see within the couple the trust uh, that one has in the other. Terry did a great job of explaining that trust that happens, in, uh, and so our responsibilities is to further to develop our trust with them, where he or she both feel open with uh, with all that we're going to discuss. Because we can ensue some very personal and deep-rooted things, as you mentioned, Jim.
2: You know, if you just tuned in, we're talking with Terry Hurt and Rob Clement. And this is, of course, Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. And we're going through this process of money and marriage. And... Coming to the reality that marriage in a conflict situation and um, its money is a number one cause of divorce, and how do we break that? Well, we've talked about the fact that you know, love—the saying "love conquers all," but you need to make sure that you're communica- communicating about finances. I know couple after couple after couple, they can talk about anything and everything, but money. I mean, my wife, great lady that she is. You know, she married a guy that had the ability to take a nickel and squeeze him till the buffalo sets down. I mean, tight, tight, tight. On the other hand, she didn't come from that background. So you're talking about two diverse backgrounds all of a sudden they're joined as a couple. They've got to communicate. And this generational thought process of not communicating, I think that is, Terry, I think that is so important. It's really a gift to the person, to the individual, to break that problem of not talking about money or not talking about what they're trying to do. And I appreciate both of you guys really, really bringing that out. So we've talked about making sure that we cover everything that you look at your shared values, have appreciation for the partners, diverse viewpoint on things, make sure that you find out what the common ground is, then learn to communicate. And if you're not a talker about money. Break that. Break that apart and make sure that you can overcome that. All right, guys, here's here's the third thing that I think is so hard, because we all do it. Yeah. I mean, if we know that conflict around this subject is in our marriage. I know I will do a ton to avoid it. I'm not a conflict avoider either. I'm a conflict—I don't mind conflict. I can handle that. But the reality is— It's so easy to say, let's just don't, I'll fix that, and we don't have to talk about it. That's a problem, isn't it, Terry?
5: It is a problem. I think that most people, even though they're trustworthy, they have trouble trusting others.
2: (laughs) That's a good point.
5: And, And I think that you have to be honest about which one of those you are on the spectrum. Because if you're not willing to trust your partner, there's always going to be a conflict.
2: You know, 80% of the people that we're, we've looked at and, and talked to, and, and I mean, literally coming out of a research from the uh, people at uh, Making Mistakes in Marriage, the article that we're talking about here, they actually came back and said 80% of spouses admitted, admitted now, to hiding something, a financial something, to from their spouse with the thought process of the, you know, it'll go away. <laughs>
5: Oh, I have friends who do that. (laughs) They make purchases, and they wait till their spouse goes to bed, and they bring them in the house. And part of that is because they're being forced to live on a budget that's unrealistic, Uh that doesn't agree with their lifestyle or their wants or their needs. And even though they can afford it, the spouse objects to it. And so you have this ongoing conflict, and it creates deceit.
2: All right, Rob, do you think we should allow her to tell us how to avoid that? I mean, do we think we should – you and I
6: should just cut her mic off and not get into that? What do you think? I think think Terry's a good communicator, and uh, I think she's touched some uh, sensitive topics here. But I think that is the word. It's communicate, communicate, communicate. It it
2: is, but, you know, when you think about it, if the motivation behind avoiding telling someone is you think it's going to go away – or you sneak something in, but after because you, I mean, it is deceit. How do you stop that, Terry? How do here? Here's a couple. They're in your office. This is the problem. We just got a few minutes more in this segment. How do you tell them to stop it? That's not going to work long term. That's going to be a problem.
5: Well, okay. There's a conflict brewing. You know, the elephant's sitting in the middle of the room, and nobody wants to talk about it, and nobody wants to talk about it because there's a lack of trust. Okay. And even though the spouse may say, you know, that's a realistic, but unrealistic budget, you gave me that 20 years ago and there's been no inflation adjustment on
2: it. That's a good point.
5: Uh, you know, I am being forced to really squeeze a nickel and I just can't do it anymore.
2: So, what about the person who doesn't feel comfortable talking like that? I mean, you know, here you, I mean, you know, I've had where I can see that this dominating male partner in this marriage. Is in complete control and not allowing that to happen. How do, how do you, have, uh, this is a tough question. Rob, get ready, you're next.
5: You know, the only way to do it is to lay it on the table, honestly. And I do work with a lot of couples where there is a dominating male figure. And what I try to do is lead by example and say, you know, let's let's peel away at this onion. Let's get down to what's important to both of you. Let's look at your budget. And, and most of the time, there's plenty of wiggle room in that budget to give the spouse a raise or to not have to worry about her bringing home a designer handbag, you know, once a year or you know, every other year. Now, there's
2: abuse. There is abuse. There is abuse. I mean, if you brought, you mentioned designer handbags, bring one home a month, uh, that would be abuse. Right. And that has to be dealt with. Rob, how do you, how would you share it from the Male side of this this particular talk show today. Uh, how do you manage this?
6: Wow! Thanks, Jim. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Should we go to a break? <laughs> That's right. But <laughs> you only hey, we only uh, got a, about a minute. All so. right,
6: I'll I'll wrap it up here real quickly. Uh, not that I have the last word because I know Terry's going to come back. But there you go. But uh, we we do want to roll up our sleeves as a couple. And uh, there are uh, often we see in in our practice uh, just that there's a disconnect between the couples and uh and our roles and responsibilities are to uh to help work through those by uh, by helping them to define and achieve their financial dreams and goals while building relationships at the same time now that is an easy thing to say but it's a much more difficult thing to do with couples because there is a there, there is a sense that many times the quiet one feels like as terry has said that uh, they're not getting a say-so, and our job always is to go back and hear from both of them.
2: You know, one of the things I want to make sure we do when we come back, we're going to take a break, we come back, I want us to kind of dive into this whole idea, because the reality is if the same problem is going to come up and up again and again and i mean if you're not working on it the truth is when you think about it financial conflict can from time to time actually is healthy and it can increase the intimacy in a marriage it can it breaks that what needed to be broken right when we come back we're going to find out more about how to do that you're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990 and FM 107.9 The Voice Talk Money for the our talk for the South. this is Talk Money
1: be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
4: A new report reveals the safest college campuses in America. The National Council for Home Safety and Security ranked the schools based on the FBI's uniform crime reporting. Brigham Young University, Idaho topped the list, followed by Oakland University in Michigan and Northern Kentucky University. On Wall Street Tuesday, the Dow was up 39 points. The Nasdaq was also up 31. A new survey shows Americans like to prepare for Valentine's Day. The city retail report reveals 98% of Americans don't procrastinate, with only 2% waiting to shop on Valentine's Day. That's your CBS Money Watch report. For more, log on to cbsmoneywatch.com. In New York, I'm Meg Oliver.
0: ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for businesses of all sizes. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash CBS News. Shoemaker Financial and Securian Financial Services do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation.
1: And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, we're talking about uh, marriage and money and women. Sometimes we get this whole fairy tale about waiting to be emotionally and financially rescued by her prince and to be an attractive guy who is filthy rich. Boy, you know, that's the mindset of a lot of little 10-year-old girls out there, 15-year-old girls and in, in reality. It's uh, money and marriage stuff. Partners need to work together and to make money and manage and to manage their investment their money and to make it work in their in their marriage. And what Terry Hurt and Rob Clement from the office have been talking about this. And let me review, guys. I'm just going to set the stage. I want to kind of review. First of all, we talked about that believing this mindset that love conquers all. I mean, we kind of talk about that. But we've said, and, and, and it was very well put together, that you guys talked about it's hard work And a commitment on both parties, both partners, to talk openly about their different viewpoints on spending, on, uh, you know, whether it's on saving, on investing, but just openly work through that process so that they're discussing it together. And then we talked about also that if you're going to have a, a peaceful relationship, and as I said, marriage and money, the biggest problem with divorce in America today is 50% of it's caused by, or over 50%, is because of the difficulty of finances and managing money, that they got to look at their shared values. They got married, so they had to have some shared values, and they need to appreciate that share those shared values. But at the same time, Figure out what are the diverse viewpoints of their partner. The ability to find out what is common ground and then work through what's difficult. In other words, it's about communication. It's about understanding the partner. I mean, sometimes money is the last thing that you talk about when you're getting married. I mean, you talk about kids, where you're going to live, what car you're going to drive, and all the job and stuff. But money becomes an issue. If you're getting married in June of this year, the time that everybody seems to want to get married, but if you're getting married this year, make sure you sit down with your partner and you talk about your thoughts about money. Uh, The whole idea about not doing that, couples fail to talk about money openly. And they, that's a problem. We talked about miscommunications. We talked about if you don't do that, then you it's kind of called money silence. And uh, that's a problem. It's, it's, sometimes it's generational. I mean, you didn't see your mom do it or your dad do it, and therefore you're not going to do it. Well, break the habit. Break that because both parties need to be actively engaged in talking about it. Talking about money. Then we talked about 80% of spouses admit, Terry, you talked about this, hiding something that they purchased financially, and that becomes that deceit mentality. Uh, the the whole idea of avoiding a fight, it hopes that that problem is going to go away. And you both very clearly stated that that doesn't happen. It just keeps resurfacing, comes back. And that we talked about communication again. It, it comes up again and again and again. And so you got to, at some point in time, openly discuss it. And that's important. It does help with a healthy and relationship. It crease increases the intimacy because you can talk about something. It's a tough subject. So this is what we're talking about, guys: money and marriage. Now, here we are. We've covered, I think, some big rocks, some things that are extremely important. But when you talk about this idea about waiting to be financially rescued, it's kind of that's a topic, a thought process where you said, okay, my financial future is in I spouse's hands. I've delegated it to them. Terry, we're talking to you. That is not always the best thing to do. Talk about that for me.
5: Well, it's not the best thing to do. Uh, for one of the reasons is because eventually women will have to manage their own finances uh, because they will outlive their husbands, uh, and you just never know what curves life is going to throw at you. You know, my mom was a widow at age 47 she had never written a check in her life that was an interesting situation Mm, that's right Uh, so trying to you know get more involved learn what you need to know i mean if you still choose not to do it on a day-to-day basis that's fine but at least know how to do it and know how to step up if you need to need to know what you have where it is how to how to get involved in it if the situation arises where you're going to be forced to do that.
2: Rob, you recently are involved in a couple, I know, at the office where they're in their 50s, maybe maybe early 60s, and healthy rock of a guy is now beginning to suffer from dementia. And, I mean, you know, look at him, and he, is, he will live to be 110, no question. He's just a healthy rock. Uh, but he is he is mentally incapacitated or becoming more and more. And that has been a real eye-opener or, or kind of the wake-up call for that family. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, we don't want to talk about who it is. That's not
6: the Absolutely. point. Absolutely.
2: But just a little bit quick. There's somebody listening right now who is in that situation.
6: Talk. Well, about I, I think in each of our lives we have, as Terry described in her mother's uh, with her dad passing and being a widow at a very young age, uh, for me, uh, I experienced uh, seeing my father go through the, uh, the early stages of dementia and then moving to Alzheimer's, and my mother being in a, a denial position of, of not accepting the fact that this man that she had uh, put all of her trust in and love and care wasn't able to be the caregiver and the provider. That she uh, that she expected, and so when clients come in like that, uh, for me it's uh, it brings uh, some deep emotions, and uh, and I find that in this case that you described, uh, that the um, the wife would sit back a little bit further away from the uh, the husband, so that she would mouth something to me like simply call me. Okay, in other words, she's giving you signals. Right, mm-hmm. call me. And uh, and so with that, uh, it raises that heightened sensitivity to make sure you're engaging both of them, even if that other spouse is uh, is not really telling you exactly what you know is the truth, and this is not hiding something, but just doesn't remember how the truth goes in that person's mind. They think this has really happened. So you we run into that type of thing more often now then we, uh, I, I see it quite often. terry did you have a I comment? I think you're
5: right. I think you're right. On the dementia front, you know, that does happen. Right. Uh, but I think more, the other situation that arises is until, I've had couples come to me and say, until we've had this meeting, we have never been able to talk about finances without a giant conflict. And so trying to help them figure it out as a team mm-hmm. uh, has worked. So trying to be an objective voice.
2: So are you the intermediator there? Mm-hmm. Are you going in and they're kind of going through some form of uh, light mediation? Is that what you're happening in this process? I mean,
5: when you talk about finances, it becomes very emotional to for some people. people. And especially when it's a sore subject.
2: Well, let me make sure that if you're listening, don't wait for a tragedy to strike to take adult responsibility around your money. Bottom line is, if you, you know, there's so much going on that you need to be able to do. We're going to come back in just a few minutes. We're going to add some additional thoughts about money and marriage and what should you be doing. And um, I think it's important that you know that reality, this goes on every day. What are you doing about it? What is it? If you've heard us talk about a situation that fits you, well, guess what? Maybe it's time this is a wake-up call for you to say, hey, I've got to do something about that. Well, we hope we get you stimulated to move forward to, to correct the problem. You're listening to The Voice. Of course, FM 107.9, AM 990. Talk radio for Memphis and the Mid-South. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
1: If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
4: In November 1901, city planner and landscape architect George Kessler was hired to draft plans for a system of scenic streets to connect Overton Park with downtown Memphis. Kessler had already planned hundreds of projects internationally and across the country and was the perfect man to lead the beautification project for the city. Realizing that the current parks were public property and maintained by the taxpayers, Kessler designed with convenience in mind, envisioning a greater volume of road traffic, though there were less than 20 cars in Memphis at the time. His foresight proved to be correct, for only nine years later, there were over 1,000 cars on Memphis roads. This system of streets changed the way we think about parks. While the word park normally conjures images of ducks and picnics, the system of north, east, and south parkways remains a verdant trail that is still maintained by the park services and has been added to the National Register of Historic Places. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial.
0: Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges, which may increase over time and may contain restrictions such as surrender periods. And
1: now back to talk money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And Welcome back. I tell you, this is a, you know, it's a tough program, but you know, the reality is we're talking about Valentine's and the whole idea behind money and marriage and the whole thought process. And I told you earlier, you know, how many billions of dollars we're spending. Well, guess what? For the evening out, whether it's on Valentine's Day or Saturday or Sunday or whatever, $3.7 billion is spent. Going out to dinner—that's uh, uh, you know—and the problem is, you get to the restaurant unless you have reservations. Forget it; you're going to be waiting for an hour. So, 3.7 billion dollars gift cards, gift certificates—would you believe? 1.5 billion greeting cards. How many of you sent out a greeting card to make sure you handed somebody a greeting card? That's only about $895 million. That's million. That's, that's the smallest number. So I'm impressed. We spend a lot of money at Valentine's, and the reality is we're reaching out to someone, somebody that's significant to us, and we're saying, hey, I love you. Would you be my Valentine? I remember those little candies we used to hand out as kids. The reality is, though, what happens is we get married, and we build a relationship, and money is going to be significant in that marriage we find out very quickly that divorces in america over 50 percent of them are caused by money so we've been talking about how to deal with it. And We've talked openly, you know, you say, hey, you, you share and you you talk about diverse diversity inside your marriage. We talked about not failing to communicate and, and confronting the hard subjects and realizing that, you know, don't let deceit get caught up in your marriage just simply because of money. Whether you bought something, be open. We even talked about men seem to buy the big stuff. Ladies seem to buy a lot of the little stuff. Not an equity thing there. I mean, guys, listen to me carefully. Don't get on your wife about the budget when you pull up with a new bass boat. That is not going to be good. That's not how you manage your budget. So let me tell you, we're talking with Terry Hurt and Rob Clement. I I really think you guys have done a phenomenal job of moving us through this It's just a a tough subject, but it's a subject that is so real. And by the way, if you're listening and want to talk to either one of these guys, Rob Clement, Terry Hurt, 757-5757, give them a call. They're working with people like this. You're not the only person. If you're listening and you say, this is a problem in our marriage, guess what? You're not alone. These guys are experts at working with people like you where they listen. Uh, Terry talked about being a mediator, and sometimes people for the first time in their marriage— they come into the office, they're able to communicate. So, guys, let me ask you this. Meeting with a financial advisor alone, talk about that for me. I mean, that's uh, life is busy. You go through a whole lot of stuff. So how do you manage that? Would, it, would, it, would you recommend a husband to come in by himself or a spouse to come in by herself, Terry?
5: You know, occasionally I have a spouse come by on their own. But when I do an annual review, I insist that they both be present. So if there's a change in a situation or we're switching gears and moving into a different goal or different season of their lives, especially, uh, for both of them to be involved. And I try to make the meeting comfortable. You know, I I pick up on the body language. I try to mitigate and reduce the anxiety level that happens sometimes when you have to come in and have this meeting.
2: Do you feel that sometimes that the... The intimidation factor is there. I mean, it, let's just look at my wife has entrusted me as obviously the. I mean, could you be a man think of being married to me, you know, from a standpoint of money management? Yeah. Both of you guys <laughs> shaking your heads. No, <laughs> I wouldn't have either. I would have hated it. That would have been terrible. But she's entrusted me. So I know, but, but my objective has been to transfer as much of that. What we do to her, but she's on that case all the time. You're not, you know, you don't communicate with me enough. Where is this? What do we have this? And I think that's important. So my Christmas gift to her, I must be honest. My Christmas gift to her was I put it all in a book and said, "Here it is. Here's the wills, the trust, the powers of attorney, the insurance, the budget, the you know everything in a book." Um, now we spent probably forty-five minutes to an hour going through it. She put it up. And we probably won't ever pull it back out again. But I accomplished what I thought she was asking me for by communicating. Uh, it was, By the way, it was a challenge. I mean, I thought I had it all together. I well, it's mean, not you until know, you try to put it together yeah, that you it, realize yeah. you don't have
5: every piece of and the And that's the
2: thing that I think a lot of our listeners understand, that they think they got it together. I mean, I'm a professional at it. You're a professional at it. We think we've got it. Right. But then all of a sudden, we wake up and say, where is that? You know, do I, we don't, I, We you know, and you end up putting some energy into it. And so that's the thing we want to encourage people to do. Rob, with your people, when they come in, how many people do you feel come in fully prepared for that catastrophe of the death of one of them or an illness? And I shouldn't have said fully prepared because that's impossible almost, but because it's a moving target. But do you feel that some people are fully are, are prepared? It's a better word. Or are they just really just struggling with it?
6: I think Forrest Gump said it well, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's true. And that's the way it is with clients. Uh, you would think some of them in your mind, uh, after you've talked with them over the phone and they set the appointment, you think, well, okay, they're uh, they're, they're going to be really together. And you'll find that that's not the case. So uh, in my case, uh, I would like to always ask the client, send me or give me over the phone Three talking points that we can add to our agenda, one from each one of them that we would be able to then look at and say, okay, this is a talking point that you asked us to be able to discuss as a threesome about talking money. That's what we're talking about today. And uh, and that uh, seems to be a, a tension reliever because many times he doesn't or she doesn't know what the other spouse has said as a talking point. So I like an agenda. And that way we can check off the agenda. We've talked about this. Now, we may not have resolved it, but we've talked about it and begin the process because it's a journey. It's just not a one time and done, but it's a journey that we're on with the client to help them.
2: I think that's so critical because you mentioned it earlier, Terry, the, the, the elephant in the room. And sometimes that is such a topic that they don't want to, you know, it's the elephant in the room. It's what, you know, I've had clients to come in and, and you know, they're upset about something that happened 20 years ago. Uh, he bought the bass boat when we were struggling to pay our mortgage or something. I mean, I can remember those conversations and 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 he's looking like, what, that's 20 years, you know, like, what are we doing? I mean, that's like bringing them, but it's been hanging around. And so having that discussion, as you said, Rob, an agenda, having that ability to put that elephant in the room, And and dissect it, break it apart. Mm -hmm. That's so critical for a lot of people. So, when you're working with an advisor, Terry Hurt, Rob Clement, it gives you together, especially if you're together, it gives you that place to talk about money, talk about the elephant in the room, and resolve your financial differences. And and actually, you're making decisions about your future, about whether you're going to save money, what kind of money you're going to save. And those are critical, critical things. When we come back, I'm going to dive in a little bit more about this, but we're also going to give you some tips. That we're just going to kind of make sure we have questions about tips about elder abuse. I'm going to cover a couple of those when we come back. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening, of course, to FM 107.9, AM 990, The Voice. This is Talk Money.
1: Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
2: Dave. What
3: are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well alright, but don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots.
4: You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org.
3: Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine, because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
1: And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And welcome back. I'm talking with Terry Hurt and Rob Clement. We're talking about money and marriage. Guys, give me a summary because, you know, at least people, if you've got a question for Terry Hurt or Rob Clement, here's the telephone number, 757-5757. Give them a call. Money and marriage is tough. It's not a fairy tale. As I talked about earlier, we're talking about Valentine's week. So it's not something that just comes together. People have diverse backgrounds. Talking about money is difficult. Terry, summarize for me. What is it about money and marriage that makes it difficult? What do you say to your clients? What would you want to leave the people with?
5: Well, the thought I'd like to leave with everyone today is I know all of you love your spouses, And because you do, I would encourage you to make it easier for your spouse to get involved in the financial process.
2: That's a great point. That is absolutely on target. Rob, what about you?
6: Well, I I pick right up off of Terry. I I would say uh, I'm going to use the word love, and I'm going to spell out some things about love. The first thing ought to be the L is for listen to each other. I think you then ought to overlook The issues that you may have, so you're going to listen, you're going to overlook, and then you're going to value each other. And once you listen, once you overlook, once you value, then you're going to encourage one another, and uh, and that's what we're here for. We're here to help encourage couples to be able to not only strive but to thrive in their marriage. Well, that's great love. I
2: think you said it exactly right. So listen. Overlook, value, and encourage. Exactly. Very solid. That's a great way to kind of let us step out of this program. I've got a question a couple of people have asked about what we do as far as elder abuse, and I'm going to give you a couple of tips because this is exactly what the concern and question was yesterday. But before I ask, go to this point, guys, thanks so much because I think money and marriage is tough, and you guys did a great job of helping us get through that point. I like the way you thought about it, Rob. Love, love, overlook, or listen, overlook, value, and encourage, and then just make people aware. Uh, Terry, that's perfect. That's exactly what we're talking about. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
6: Yes, sir. Good to be here.
2: Tips for elders to prevent abuse. Now, listen up, because I just got a few closing minutes, but here's the thought for you. Simply, here's one I need you to take: Be aware that you are at risk. If you happen to be over 55 years of age, be aware you are at risk of being exploited. Now guys, that's so hard. For, I mean, I don't even think about that and I am over 55, but the reality is you are at risk of being exploited by strangers and sometimes with those that are closest to you. You never think about that, but that's key. So number one, this is a tip for elders to prevent abuse. Be aware you are at risk, of being exploited here's number two don't become that exclusive reclusive that person that is excluded from everybody and all of a sudden is a reclusive you stay involved stay involved with your family stay involved with your friends Remain as active as you can. If you can't get a trip to the church or trip to the community center, get somebody to come pick you up. Don't sit at home. Don't just become a couch potato and watch a lot of TV. And I know this is tough. This is very hard. But I'm trying to say to you, it's important that people are around you and are watching you. We see people come in a lot of times and we can say, you know, uh, where is the family at this point? And that's a problem. The family is withdrawn or you have withdrawn from the family. You may have had an issue there or something. Don't do that. Stay connected. Don't become reclusive. Number three, here's the second one. The third one, do not buy products or services from a company you are not familiar with. You get all kinds of invitations to buy something. You get all kinds, you know, that that somebody's sending you something. And always ask and wait for a printed material if somebody's asking you to give something to a charity. If somebody's called you about something, say, hey, you know, send me something about it. Tell them to send you something. Don't just say, hey, here's my credit card I want to give to this or that. Never do that. Always think about it before you start buying something that you're not familiar with. Do not, number four, do not ever feel pressured. This is key. Do not feel pressured into making a quick decision about a purchase, a donation, or any other transactions that. and do not provide any credit card or account information. So many times we get ourselves caught into something where guys were thinking about, hey, I need to do this. It's a great once in a lifetime deal. Hey, you don't have to make a quick decision. Don't do that for a purchase, a donation, or any other transaction that would that's going to provide a credit card or any type of account information. Shred, number five, shred all receipts on which your credit card numbers appears. You oh, know, we don't think about that, but uh, guys just wadding them up and throwing them into the trash can, there's somebody going to go through your trash can looking for something like that. So shred it. Buy your cheap shredder. Go to... Walmart, Costco, somewhere buy your cheap shredder and make it a habit of shredding things that have your personal information on that on them, such as your credit card number, maybe your driver's license number, maybe your social security number. Be sure you're checking that out. Check your credit card report or your credit report regularly. If you don't know how to do that, call the office. We'll show you how to do that. Call you know you you don't you can call any type of credit company and they'll tell you how to do that. Just step out there and be a little bit more. directive of what you're doing with your credit card company and how you're working with that. Look for anything unusual. It's amazing how easy that can happen and how you can have somebody buying stuff on you and you just don't know it. Look for things that are unusual or incorrect and use direct deposits to insure checks and go straight to your accounts. Don't sit there and try to write checks for everything. Get your checks and Social Security checks sent to your direct deposit. Also, here's the last one. I'll just tell you real quick. Empty your mailbox on a regular basis. Do not leave mail in your mailbox. Be sure you're doing that. Don't provide credit card information, banking, Social Security, Medicare, or any other personal information over the phone. You know to not do that. We, we try to tell you that all the time. Questions that we've gotten, that's important. I think it's important that we just try to give you these when people ask us, hey, what are some tips? What were the problems? This came out of some conversations we had in the last couple of days. I wanted to give those to you. Tips for elders to prevent abuse. If you'd like a copy of what I just went through with you, just call the office, 7575757. I'll be sure to give you a copy of this. Or if you want to send us a self-addressed, self-addressed stamped envelope, we'll send it to you that way too. So you can just send it to 2176 West Street in Germantown, Tennessee, 380 Well, guys, I want to tell you, you guys just nailed it. I appreciate so much what you did. Thank you, Terry, for being with us today. You just laid it out for us on Money and Marriage. Rob, the same thing. I love the love. I like it. Listen, and you give me the O. Overlook. 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 v. Value. Value and encourage with the E. Great. Thanks, guys. It's good and good to be with you today. It's uh, Valentine's Week, so make sure you don't miss what you need to do. It's important. You're listening, of course, to FM 107.9 and AM 990, The Voice, talk radio from Memphis and the Mid-South. We're here every week helping you make the money, most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money.
0: Jim Shoemaker and Terry Hurt are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskowitz, Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brashear and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money.